Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
Yes, all right, great. Good morning. It's great to have you here. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Assembly, and we're thrilled that you're with us this morning. If you're a first-time guest with us, we would love for you to stop by our table in the foyer before you leave. We've got some free gifts we want to put in your hand. We'd love for you to meet a couple of our leaders and just connect with us uh, because you are special, and we want to get to know you. God is doing some awesome things in our church, isn't he? Um, man, it has been sweet the last few weeks, and I just believe there are sweeter things yet to come. We'll do our offering at the end of our worship experience today. We've got a giving box in our foyer. You can give there at the end of service. You can always give online at hillsideassembly.org. You can also find out a lot of information about our church there as well. A couple of announcements I want to get into uh, or want to share with you, and then we'll get into the worship experience today. We, Our missions team had a great brat fry yesterday at Webster's. We had some leftovers we were going to share with you. You may have saw the email go out last night. Unfortunately, we had an incident with the meat today, uh, and so we, we don't have those brats and hot dogs, um, but uh, I'm not going to say what happened, uh, but a dog may have been involved in the eating of our dinner. Um, I'm not saying, hey, hey, don't blame my dog. Um, but uh, so we will not have that. We do have some buns and rolls. If you'd like to take home some bread with you today, we have that available in our basement. Take that and, and put it to good use. Uh, but there's lots of great things coming up. Uh, tomorrow, February 20th, uh, our missions team will again uh, be hard at work. They're going to be out at Vines and Rushes, and uh, they'll be doing a whole bunch of promotion for our missions team. They're going to be doing some music, I think, out there uh, as well. If you go out and have a meal out at Vines and Rushes tomorrow, a portion of uh, those proceeds go to our missions team to help them out. So great opportunity. Uh, if you have a special someone in your life, a great date night tomorrow night. Uh, date night and missions. Two for one, guys. It's just, uh, so there's that opportunity there. Uh, if uh, Next Sunday will be our annual church business meeting after our worship experience. And if you picked up a report last week, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to throw it away. Uh, because we printed the wrong one. Uh, and so there are, it's, hey, listen, we're all about grace at Hillside. We have no lunch, and then we printed the wrong thing. Uh, it can only go up from here, right? It can only get better. Uh, so there are green reports out there. You want to pick those up because those have the right financials in them because uh, it's probably good to talk about this year's financials and not the previous year's. Uh, so if you want to pick that up, uh, and we'll go over that next week in our annual business meeting. And we're going to have a great annual business meeting. It is going to be really great uh, next week after our worship experience. Uh, are the firefighters barbecue here in town is March 5th. That's right around the corner. And Ron does have tickets for that, all right? So you can purchase tickets for the barbecue, uh, for the firefighters barbecue. That happens down at the fire station on March 5th. Uh, adults are $11 and kids under 10 eat free. So if you want to help out our fire department that way, they do such an amazing job in our community. Uh, let's bless them and uh, go to lunch together on March 5th. And then Sunday, March 19th is going to be our missions convention. Uh, every year we try to do a missions convention. This year, our guest speaker is Joshua Ernst. He is going to be on fire when he comes here. Uh, 9 a.m., he's going to do a missions update. He's our Chi Alpha director for the state of Wisconsin. I got to tell you, if there's somebody who's excited this morning about the things that God's doing, that guy is excited, and we'll share in just a minute why he might be excited. But 9 a.m., 
uh, he'll be here sharing about Chi Alpha, what's going on with college students uh, here in Wisconsin and probably across our nation a little bit. And then 10 a.m., uh, he'll be here for our worship experience, and he will be sharing uh, about the importance of missions in the church. We'll have an opportunity to do faith promises. And basically what that is is saying, hey, you know what? With God's help, this is what we're going to give to missions this year as a family or as an in individual. And so we wanna, we're going to have a great time uh, that morning. And then we're going to have a spaghetti dinner following that. And here's the deal. I want everybody to stay. We're not selling tickets. Come and eat. There'll be a free will donation. If you don't have anything to give, come and eat. We want to spend time with you. God is doing some great things. Let's connect with each other. Uh, so the 19th, look forward to that. Circle that on your calendar. We're going to have a great time. Normally, here's where I turn it back over to the worship team. We're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. I want to share the passage of scripture we're going to talk about today. Uh, give you just a, a little bit of uh, textualization about that scripture, and then we are going to worship in God's house today. Amen. Let's try that. We're going to worship in God's house today. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought their sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. We've been looking in the book of Acts, and as we continue our journey here, we've learned a few things. The Spirit-filled church is unified, magnified, and multiplied. That is an exciting thing, and that's what we see in this passage. But we know this, that Satan likes to divide the church, disgrace the church, and decrease the church. And I'll tell you this, he'll do it if we let him. The devil wants to divide. Where do I walk out of this place? Biblical doctrine, we're on board and we're going to follow Jesus as he does great things in our community. But the church here in this passage is described has completely triumphed over the attacks of the enemy. The people were still unified. They were magnified and they were multiplied. They were multiplying. Multitudes were added to the kingdom and for the first time, Luke mentions the salvation of women, which is absolutely so important. Both in his gospel and in Acts, Luke has a great deal to say about women in the relationship with Christ and the church. There's at least a dozen references in Acts to women as Luke shows the key role that women play in the early church. This is absolutely remarkable because the culture and the political and even the religious system said, you know what? Women are possessions. They don't hold the same place as men do in the kingdom. They're possessions of, of people. And you know what? God doesn't view anybody as possessions. For the first time, the church is coming out and saying, if you are a woman, you are a woman of God, you are a daughter of the king, and you have a place in his kingdom. This is huge. What we see in this passage is a time of celebrating what God has done and what he was doing. God has been moving in our church the last few weeks. And he is going to continue to move. A service that we had a few weeks ago, we talked about that prayer on ESPN. And I remember saying to you, I feel that there is a shift 
coming. The pendulum is about to swing back the other way. And maybe you've heard some of the things that are happening. But as of this morning, there are 18 college campuses experiencing revival today. And it is a different kind of revival. It's not loud, but it is powerful. Some of you heard about what's happening in Tennessee. Regular chapel service. At the end of it, students began to come to the altar. And worship has not stopped for weeks. Students all saying the same thing. There's nobody preaching. Students just saying, all of a sudden, we're feeling a peace. We're feeling an empowerment. We're feeling a wholeness inside of us. What's the culture been? Exactly opposite of that. What is God doing now? Raising a generation to stand in our culture and to say, make way for the Lord. God is moving. The church in this passage was celebrating church. They were celebrating. People on the street were, were recognizing the church because they said, you guys have answers we need. And they were celebrating. Would you stand to your feet this morning? It's time to celebrate. Happy birthday, Louis Bruss. Happy birthday, Nancy. These balloons aren't for you, but they're for you. We want to celebrate the presence of the King. And I want to be really clear. We will not manipulate the Lord. And we are not going to manufacture a move of God. I woke up this morning with a sense of peace in my life. I don't know if I've ever had before a Sunday morning service. So excited to get here and be with you. When I walked into the sanctuary, I instantly felt, felt the presence of God. And it was interesting. Mike said the same thing. Katie came up to me. She said, it's almost like there's an aura of God's presence in this place today. The king has come to meet with his people. Have you come to meet with him? Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we cry out for your Holy Spirit in this place. God, we don't look to other places and say we want. God, we say come and spend time with us. We long to be in your presence. Have your way in this service. Do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus. We worship you in spirit and in truth. Robbie, would you lead us this morning? join me in lifting your hands to the Lord this morning before we sing this song gratitude just in your own way begin to give the Lord thanks and praise for his goodness in your life
Jesus. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. Nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. did in the lives of David, Mary, Joseph, all the great men and women of the Bible. Lord, I pray that you would do in our hearts today. You are the same God. And we give you praise. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures for generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the Oh, man. 
freed the captives then you're freeing hearts right now you are the same god you are the same god you touch the lepers then i feel your touch right now you are the same god you are the same god do you feel his touch just your voices, just lift your praise to the Lord. Sing this simple song with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No Decided to follow Jesus. 
thank you that you've got us right where we need to be. Lord, if I preach in the flesh today, I will mess this up and it will be a car wreck pretty quick. But Lord, if you are guiding us, then I will follow you. May you anoint your servant to preach your word effectively today. May you put your anointing on Miss Jackie and our kids. Lord, as they worship downstairs, may your spirit move among them. And Lord, we give you all the glory, all the praise. Accomplish what you want to do in and through us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, we're going to step into it then. Uh, kids, oh, you guys can be seated. <laughs> Let's get the right order of things. You guys can be seated. Miss Jackie's ready in the back. Kids, if you want to go meet her back there, I'm excited because you guys are working on your worship that you guys are going to be sharing with us here in the near future. Hey, I just want to say, Miss Jackie had a great service a few weeks back uh, with the balloons that we let go. And all I could think of last Sunday was thank goodness we didn't do that service last Sunday because F-22s would have been flying over Ripon, shooting them down, and the FAA would have been here. So God's timing is perfect. You guys have a great service downstairs. Look, here's the reality of God's Word. Sometimes God's Word comes into our life, and because we are people, even when we're following Jesus, you can see it throughout the Bible, that there are times where we have conflict with God. And God brings his word sometimes in our life for conflict, not to hurt us, but to go, look, I want to transform you. I think this morning might be one of those moments for a lot of us today. So we're going to step into God's word today. 
The last song that Robbie led us in was I Have Decided. Have you ever thought about the lyrics that we sang? I mean, if you grew up in the church, you've probably sang that song quite a few times. But have you ever thought about the lyrics? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And what about this line? Though none go with me, still I will follow. How many times have you prayed a prayer similar to this? Lord, wherever you go, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Okay, a few of you have. All right, good. Well, I'm not alone then. That's good. But I wonder about the the truth of our heart. I don't doubt that you mean it when you say it. I don't doubt that I mean it when I say it. But what about the truth of our heart? Does it look more like I'll go where you lead me until it's uncomfortable. Or I'll go... In our scripture this morning, it's a time of celebration. God, God's moving. There's healings happening. And lives are being changed. People are being saved. And this is all amazing. But in the very next verse from what we read this morning, the church begins to experience persecution. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. But here's what I'll say about it. This persecution was part of God's plan. It's what the church needed, but not what they wanted. We need some things in our life, and God realizes that. They may not be the things that we want. They may be uncomfortable. It may take us to some places that really stretch us. But God's ready to move that way this morning in your life. The title of my message this morning is Busting the Balloon of a Religious Culture. And specifically, I'm talking about the culture of church. We look back in our scripture, it said this, the church was highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Crowds gathered also from towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. The men and the women living in these communities highly regarded the church. They saw something different in these people who said they were followers of Jesus. And they were looking for the church, looking at the church for answers. But not everybody felt that way. Not everyone was excited about this. The political leaders in that environment didn't like it. The religious leaders in that environment didn't like it. The special interest group at those times didn't like it. They didn't like what Jesus did, and they definitely were not liking what the church was doing now. And I think that's exactly what we can expect as God moves in this generation. The regular person on the street, the sinner on the street, who does not know Christ in our community is going to have a good relationship with the church, with the followers of Christ. They're going to be looking for answers that we have. But religious leaders, political leaders, and special interest groups are not going to be able to stand what God is about to do through his people. 
There are two primary views of how, how people look at how the church should operate. Let's talk about those this morning. First, there's, there's a focus on holiness and personal growth and repentance. That's, that's over here on this side. And there's like, yeah, that's, that's what drives the church. That's, that's what we should focus on. That should, be, that should be that. Then over here, there's another view. And over here, it, they're saying, hey, it's, it's about the mission of Christ. And it is about reaching our community and serving our community. Over here, there's a bunch of people, and that these, these people probably primarily go, I, I like a lot of rules. I like a lot of rules, right? We just want all the rules laid out for us. This is expectation, rules. Over here, these people are like, we don't even want rules. <laughs> we don't need rules. Who needs rules? All right? On the far ends, on the far ends of these spectrums. And this morning, if we, if we were to talk about it, you probably could look inside yourself and go, I probably fit more into one section, rather over here, or, or more into over here. And what happens then is that the views of how we view ministry and life are different between, depending on your perception. And what happens is, is these people over here have one view, the people over here have another view, and this is why churches split. And just see how this, this other people in church, nobody's airing your dirty laundry. This is what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to share. So tomorrow, we'll have an outreach out at Vines and Rushes, where there'll be a, probably a gospel presentation, there'll be worship, that we talk about our missions team, people have an opportunity to give. Some people here this morning would feel that over on this spectrum, well, we shouldn't be associating with people that that drink alcohol, and we should definitely not be doing ministry in a place that serves alcohol. And then we've got people on this spectrum. And over here, they're saying, well, Jesus hung out with people who drank alcohol, and in fact, he made water into wine. <laughs> you can't argue with that. It's in the Scripture. And for those of you who thinks it's grape juice, I want to tell you, Scripture tells us opposite of that. Because uh, they said, you brought out the best wine first. You brought the best wine last, which normally, it's the opposite. And so then what happens is we've got these views. We've got, we've got people who feel like, oh, you know, over here, we can never do anything that, that's a raffle or, or uh, a silent auction because that's gambling. And over here, we're just like, yeah, whatever, we're just doing the mission. <laughs> and then what happens is, is we've, got these polar, we've got these two different views of things. And then everybody looks at pastor and goes, lead us. But that's not really what you want to ask me. That's not really what you want to tell me. What you really want to say is, Pastor, pick side and justify my belief. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I've made my decision. I'm standing in the middle. Because can I tell you what's in the middle of those two views? Is the cross Jesus died on, the tomb that he walked out of, and the throne that he currently sits on. Because in the middle is grace to do ministry. This is where stuff really happens. It's not on the edges. It's here in the middle. This is where Jesus does what he does. And he walks into people's lives and he changes and transforms them.
it's not easy being in the middle. Because here's what we like to do. The church functions so well when we have a black and white issue. And I don't mean race. I mean right, wrong. <laughs> Ones and zeros for those of you in that, in that, that, that mindset. We, we, we would just want to put everything in a silo. Yes, no, black, white, and we just want to do that. And there are things in the scripture that are black and white. God gave us some guidelines that are black and white. Like, thou shalt not commit murder. That's really non-negotiable, right? That's, that's pretty clear. <laughs> like, we can definitely put that in a category. Don't, don't be an adulterer. Don't cheat on your spouse. Don't sleep with someone else's spouse. Black and white, you can't, you can't change that. Don't steal. I mean, we, these, those are good. We function really well in that. But our problem is, is we want to take everything and say it's all black and white. There's only one answer to everything. This is how it has to be done. We want to make procedures and policies that cover every contingency ever, and this is what you do. Here is the problem. Jesus didn't do that. <laughs> because life isn't all black and white. A majority of our life is spent in the gray in the middle. And Jesus, his best ministry was in the gray. You don't think said so. correct and wrong or right and wrong. The title of my message this morning is Busting the Balloons of Religious Culture. Here's some balloons that Jesus busted. We're going to bust some balloons. Nobody have a heart attack. Jesus steps in, and, and all of a sudden we see this ministry that he begins to do. How about the woman at the well? Jesus, because I mean, our scripture today, we talked a little bit about women. All of a sudden, Luke's talking about women in the church. This was not only a woman. It was a woman from a different culture. It was a woman who had been frowned upon because of what she had been doing with her life. She had, she had had all these inappropriate relationships, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yet Jesus loved her first, stepped in. The culture says, no. Religious leader says, no, 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 no. Jesus, you can't do that. You don't, you don't do ministry with a woman, not alone by yourself at the well. Can't do that. Jesus goes, nope. We're busting that balloon. I got a plan for this lady. And in one afternoon, this lady experiences the love of Jesus Christ, comes to salvation herself, and then brings her entire community to Jesus and becomes the first evangelist in the Bible, and it's a woman. He's already walking in the gray. How about Zacchaeus? Short little guy in the tree. Yeah, listen, you can't mess that. No, you did Zacchaeus. You can't hang out. Zacchaeus, come down. No, 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 no. Can you just hear the people saying it? No, 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 you don't get to, he's from the opposite sides of the track. We don't hang out with his kind. No, Jesus is like, bust that balloon. Zacchaeus, not only are we going to lunch, baby, we're having a party at your house. And he busts the balloon. Religious leaders, political leaders, special interest groups, the Pharisees, Sadducees, not happy. This isn't real ministry. This can't be God. This can't be. How about, how about when you look at his disciples? Look, we, we pretty up these guys. They were rough. 
Several of them were fishermen. And I'm not talking about the fishermen we have on Green Lake that have these really nice expensive boats and the poles and all that. And it's just, so, th these were roughnecks. You ever watched one of those fishing shows where they're out in the big, big ships doing that? Yeah, yeah, they're a little colorful, all right? The stuff that comes out of their mouth, a little colorful. Let me tell you, some of Jesus' disciples, they were colorful characters. There were things that coming out of their mouth that probably were not, you know, like, acceptable. This, this is your crew you're going to build the church on? These guys? Oh, they were, they were outlaws because they were breaking laws. They were breaking religious laws and, and, and social laws. They were doing all sorts of things like, hey, we're going we're gonna to heal people on a day where we can't heal people. You can't do that. No, no, no. Can't do it that way. Can't do ministry this way. Here are these cats. They're outlaws. And how about this guy, Matthew? He's a tax collector. Boy, you thought the religious leaders were upset when it was all these other guys that they were, you know, women and things. Zach, he, he's a tax collector. There are words that are so colorful I can't use today to describe how they would actually refer to him because I would not have a job tomorrow if I used those same words today. That's how they hated him. Jesus goes, buddy, you're a part of this team come on, follow me. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit would use this man, hated by religious leaders, to write one of the Gospels. <laughs> Let's burst the balloon. <laughs> How about the lepers that Jesus healed? Ah, he didn't do it the right way. Nope. Can't hang out with lepers. What are you doing? Centurion, hey, this guy's Roman. He's our occupier. He's the enemy. And you're blessing him and blessing his daughter? What's going on? Bursting balloons, healing people on the Sabbath, and the list goes on and on and on. See, we like to put things in categories, black and white, make it easy. But the best ministry happens in the gray areas. Listen, I want you to have personal convictions. I have personal convictions of my own. Some of them, if I shared them with you, you guys would laugh. Like, why? It's something that God put in my heart. But I will tell you this, he can also change it anytime he wants. If he comes in and goes, hey, this thing for years I've told you you can't do, all of a sudden I'm telling you you can, great. And you'd be really shocked at some of this stuff. I want you to have personal convictions. But don't misplace your personal convictions as biblical principle. And don't put your personal convictions on other people. That will stifle a move of the Holy Spirit super quick. Look, if we're doing something as a church and you're just like, that's not my cup of tea, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not frustrated. That's okay. You don't have to be a part of that on both sides. But we should be able to come together on Sunday morning and worship together and encourage each other and uplift each other. God's moving people. He's moving in ways we've never seen before. And it's not about to stop. Because he's coming back. And his greatest heartbeat is to bring as many people as he can into the kingdom. And the number one thing that the enemy wants to do is stop that.
That's the only thing he has left, is to try to take God's creation from him. That's it. Jesus came 2,000 years ago and said, guys, I showed you how to do it. One was balloon. The other one came as a surprise to me. Two Super Bowl commercials. Who talked about Jesus? I did some research, but before I did any research, I found it incredibly interesting. Because you know who was upset? Political leaders, social interest groups, and religious leaders. And I thought to myself, Jesus just might be in this. Jesus might just be in this thing. Would you show that first video? Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see it clearer, or are you deceived? In what you believe? Cause I'm only human John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrate his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Luke 6.27, but, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Another area where the church struggles with is dealing with the reality that we're in. Criticism popped up with this commercial. Everybody says, you got people, special interest groups saying, hey, there's no place for Jesus. People criticizing how, how much money was spent on this commercial. A lot of people say, you know what? The, there wasn't enough religious leaders. There's, not an, there's nothing about repentance in this commercial. I heard several religious leaders say this week, you know, this commercial's really designed for those who don't know Christ, so it's not really helping the church. Hello? Good for you, buddy. I'm like, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Ah, oh, it's a woke agenda. I've heard that one too. It's a woke agenda. Look, here's the reality. Our country is tearing itself apart. The only answer is Jesus. And kudos to some people who got together and said, you know what? Let's have bring Jesus back into the discussion into our culture. Amen. Kudos to that. Now listen, this week, since Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, 113,000 people have been contacted by a church that reached out because of the two commercials played at the Super Bowl. Before we criticize, before we criticize, 
When was the last time you brought 50,000 people to church on a Sunday? Now listen, are all these churches that these people connecting with, have they all been vetted? Do they all have sound doctrine? Probably not. But this morning, I got to imagine that there are quite a few thousand people attending church for perhaps the first time and maybe responding to an altar and salvation this morning. I got a newsflash. God's about to move in our country in ways that are not going to make the religious leaders happy, aren't going to make political leaders happy, and are not going to make people that are in special interests happy. God's going to start showing I am bigger than whoever says I can't go anywhere. I will go. And when you stand in his way, you will be ran over. He loves you. He loves us. But God desires to bring people into his kingdom. Just last night, I saw somebody who's beginning to come out of of the LGBTQ movement begin to have an absolute breakthrough with Jesus, has been someone on social media that has been just a very big influencer, has all of a sudden come out and said, I've had an encounter with Christ, and it is changing and transforming my life. But listen, somebody has to take the message to the people that need it. Somebody has to take the message to the bar. Somebody has to take the message to the strip club. And I'm telling you, these things are going to start to happen. God is going to start raising people up. And the church of today can rather get involved, or God's going to raise them up in the street. Because he's ready to move. Now listen, you have to be smart, all right? I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't drink. Here's why. And I'll be honest, I've had wine. A couple of times, and I have had uh, champagne a couple of times. I don't really care for the taste of it, but I don't drink. And do you know why I don't drink hard alcohol or beer or any of that stuff? Because I would be an alcoholic. I know how I'm built. I know how I'm built. The Bible is clear. Don't be a drunkard. And I know the way that I am, the stress that I have in my life, how I deal with things is probably not always the healthiest inside God's working on me. If I added alcohol to that mix, I would be a drunk. So I am not stepping into that. But I have no temptation to drink. If you're coming out of being an alcoholic, it's probably not a great idea to be involved in ministry that takes place in a bar. <laughs> Let's do some common sense, okay? Just because God's moving doesn't mean that you have to necessarily be a part of that specific movement. There's enough going on in Ripon, enough going on in our church. You can be involved in a plethora of different things. By the way, I'm not saying that we're going to have a strip club ministry or a bar ministry, okay, before I start getting emails this week. But we'll, we need to step into where God is. Look, like, I'm just going to be really honest with you. I'm not, these aren't hypotheticals. These are real stories. These are real stories. A pastor here in Wisconsin, Assemblies of God pastor, has been pastoring his church, I think, about eight years, about the same time that I've been here. And there's a woman in his church who has been involved in ministry for the past 20-some years. A pillar in the church. Everybody looks up to her as a leader. Amazing woman of God. She steps into the pastor's office one day in tears because she has a secret. Because some 25, 30 years ago, she wasn't a woman, she was a man. But then she came to Jesus, and somebody showed her Jesus, 
and she didn't know what to do, so she started growing up in the church, and then people started asking her to do things, and she started turning her life to, over to God, and God begins to move in her life, and, and, and now she's stuck, and she goes, Pastor, I've been keeping this secret. I love the Lord. I'm repented over and over and over again. I've gone to the doctors, and they said, I can't do another surgery because of my medical conditions. Basically, they, they won't do it. They can't do it. she's not physically able to turn back. So I've just got to tell you, she looks at the pastor and goes, where do we go? Do I still have a place here? Am I still loved? Gray. Gray, where do you go with that? I talked with that pastor. You know what we said? In the gray, is what we get on our knees is when we ask for God's guidance. And the gray is where we get back into the word of God and we ask for it to be a light unto our path. You don't need a light, Jesus, and you're walking to where you reality. Parents come into your office. And they say, our child's been born. Our newborn child has been born with a medical condition. And they have both sets, both male and female reproductive organs. And now we've been asked to make a decision what we're supposed to do. What's right? Talk about weight. What do I say to these parents? Because not only if they, I don't want them to base a decision off something I say. This child's life will forever be changed. It's time to hold on to Jesus and walk in the gray. Medical marijuana. I look, it used to be black and white for me. I understood that. Hold on before you judge. Until a parent of a six-year-old whose daughter is having seizures up to 12 times a day is, 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 is just, do you know what that's like? Watching your child suffer until they introduced a drug made from marijuana, and now she's having one every six weeks. Are we still saved, Pastor? <laughs> not all black and white. It's not all black and white. I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not stepping into woke culture. I'm saying the reality is, is our culture is lost and they need Jesus and the church has got to step up and say, Jesus has a way. There is a plan of redemption because the word is rather true or it's not. And it's rather, Jesus rather died for everybody to have the possibility of following him or no one. We don't get to pick and choose. But we've got we've to move. We've got to be motivated. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I'm going to go one step further. We're really going to push this, Lord. Amen. Show this other video, the last video I got. This was not at the Super Bowl. There was a mother and a father who had a son. They lived in a small village and didn't have much money, but they were happy. One day, they heard the head of their country was sending soldiers to their town because he thought they were part of an insurrection. The young family decided to flee. They grabbed only what they could carry and ran. They hiked for days, wondering if soldiers might still be following them. They were scared, 
hungry, and exhausted. But they were far away from the atrocities taking place in Bethlehem. That's all Mary and Joseph wanted, a safe place to call home. Arts. Pastor, I can't believe you're for open borders. I'm not. I think it's a poor decision. You're denying the, the drugs that are pouring across our country. No, nope, I'm not. And I think the church ought to do something about that too. Here's the truth. Our government can't fix these problems, but the church can. Matthew 25, 40 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, for the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Leviticus 19, 33-34. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner resides among you, among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for we were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This morning, that's 3% of our population. Did Jesus die for them? Then what are we going to do about it? It's not a political message. I'm tired of people telling me who I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to believe. Fill a party line. Well, as far as I can tell, God only ever endorsed one person for a position his name was Jesus Christ, and it was for Savior, and he is the party of the lion and the lamb, and that is where I will stand. And if none go with me, still I will follow. This isn't somewhere else. This is right here in Ripon. Are those people welcomed here? Will they be loved here? I can already feel the devil lying to people. Oh, but they're, what if they're drug dealers? What if they're this? What if they're that? What if? Did they not deserve the message of the gospel and an opportunity to be changed and transformed? Did Paul not deserve an opportunity as he breathed out threats against the Christians and was an absolute terrorist against the church? God said, I'll redefine your life if you'll meet with me. People need Jesus, and we are the messengers. And I, for too long, have allowed religion to stop me from being the man God is calling me to be. So I leave it behind. And I come this morning to meet with Jesus and to ask him to move in my life and to help me Reach this city for him. And you're welcome to come join me. But this is where I need to be. Lord, I am a sin. I am a broken man. 
Your word is amazing. It conflicts with my life sometimes, but I have decided to follow you. Lord, you are moving in our country. You are raising up men and women. You are pouring out your spirit on college campuses and churches this morning. You are moving across this nation for what I believe will be the greatest revival of all time. That, Lord, this may be the last time we ever see it before you come again. And people need the gospel. And ministry needs to be done in the gray. Lord, we can't, we can't do it on our own. We can't be a church on our own anymore. We need the Holy Spirit. We need your word. God, forgive us when we have judged. Forgive us, God, when we have hated. Forgive us, God, when we have, have not asked you, we've assumed what we're supposed to do instead of asking you what we're supposed to do. I want you to know that the Lord loves you. And that your pastor loves you. I'm also just going to confess when God told me to preach this message, I told him no. Then on Monday, I told him all the reasons why I couldn't do it. And then on Tuesday, I said, God, if that's where you want to go, I'll follow. I can't apologize for what I preached today.
because I believe it is the truth. And I believe that Scripture is more powerful for guiding our lives than any agenda. And I believe that redemption is available for every single person on the face of this planet. But they have to be able to hear the word. They have to be able to have an encounter with Christ for that to happen. God, we need your holiness. We need to grow. God, we need guidelines. And at times we need rules. God, we need to be a church on mission and a church willing to serve. Lord, we need to be a church of grace. And if we're going to stand somewhere, we need to stand on the cross. We need to stand by the cross that you died on. We need to stand where the empty tomb is. And we need to stand where you are seated on a throne and you rule and reign. If you're here this morning and your life is in the gray today, there's not an easy answer. You're exhausted. You're tired. You're struggling. You feel like you just barely are breathing. I want you to know Jesus is with you. And your pastor stands with you. Lord, guide us in the gray. Guide us in the place where we don't know what to do. Give us wisdom. wisdom. For those here this morning who realize that perhaps your word has confronted them. Lord, I pray that they would not let fear win in their life but they would allow the love of Christ to pour over their life. Lord, I pray for those you're speaking to about people groups that they have misjudged or judged with a very critical spirit, that they would begin to see them differently than ever before. Lord, we pray for our nation. Bring us together. Move, God. Change hearts and lives. Move in this place and change our hearts and lives. Worship team, if you come back to the platform. Robbie asked me at the beginning of the service today, he's like, 
hey, I got your notes. I know where we're going, but you didn't say anything about the end of service. I said, I have no idea what God is going to do. He said, if I did, I'd, I'd tell you, I'd tell you, and I'd give you direction. Um, I preached to the end of the notes. I think every Sunday is not going to be like this. This is a hard message. But before we leave this place today, let's just soak in worship one more time. Robbie, if you'd lead us, let's just worship. Thank you. 
us to realize we're not in this alone, but you're in this thing with us. Help us to be the church you're calling us to be, and we're a work in progress. This is a, a move in progress. It's, we're going to stumble and fall and trip, but Lord, at least we're going to fall in the right direction. And Lord, I pray that we would genuinely learn to love each other here. I pray and transformed. We see the power of your word. We also see that your people love to eat. And so, Lord, we look forward to that day with each other. We pray over our missions team tomorrow. Whether we're a part of that ministry or not, wherever our personal convictions lie, that's fine. But God, I believe that you have called a group of our church to be out there and be your witnesses in a place and to have an opportunity to impact lives. Tomorrow, would it be possible? Would it be possible for somebody to come to you as their savior tomorrow, as our team is out there working and serving and sharing and leading worship? Is it possible that revival could bust out at vines and rushes? Is it possible, God, that this week at our workplace, at our home, in our community, at the stores, that, God, you might move in ways that are unexpected, new ways outside of our control. Lord, life following you is fun. It is definitely not boring. It is an adventure. God, as we leave this place, I pray a blessing over our offering, that, Lord, we would give with the right heart, and that, Lord, you would take what comes in and that, God, you would do more with it than we ever thought possible. Would you use this little church to change our community? Would you use this little church to spark something revolutionary in our community? And Lord, would you continue to move in your house? however you want to move in the services that are to come. 
the Bible studies and fellowship and all the different things that we will do on this piece of property and on in this building, would you continue to, Lord, move in powerful ways? Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.